I can harness the heart's beating so that and playing the saxophone. Come on, now. Go, come on, now. go ahead, baby. Yo, go wait, wait, let me say, wait, let me ask you, when you going back out on the road, man? When you going back out <laughs> on the road? <laughs> <laughs> The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah. Where where you get that from, Sears and Kinston? Where that that's sharp, man. I have no idea. I, I wasn't. I came up. This is upstairs in my place, and it's much 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 colder up here. Than it is down there where I hang, because I just hang in front of the TV all the time. <laughs> and so I just find something to put on on my over my arm because my arm because it's cold up here. And this is what stood out when I went in this other room. Well, I, I, I tell you what, when I, I first heard about me possibly met your daughter on the airplane, she's a flight attendant. She told me who you who she was and told me who you were. And I said, I have got to talk to him. Now I got to introduce you. Said Maceo Parker, a uh, great saxophonist uh, from Kinston, North Carolina, played with James Brown. But the thing I didn't know, I didn't know you played with Prince. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, I can't give you the years, but I, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> started around right around two thousand or something like that. Yeah, off and on. Yeah. Now, now they they say Maceo. I'm gonna ask you though. This is kind of one of them loaded questions. What was your favorite song? Where? I mean, anytime. You know what? Anything you played or James played or, you know. Maybe if I had to answer that, Cold Sweat Jump comes to mind. Uh, you remember Cold Sweat? Yeah. Come on, man. You had like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think that, that's. Probably, would, I would probably push that as my number one. I think. Uh, man, I, did you? Th- now I know you probably saw it, but did you see the movie Get Up? Uh, that was about James Brown. Did you ever see that movie? E- probably. Yeah, we saw it. We yeah. saw it together. Yeah, with yeah. Kevin said, "Yeah, we yeah we saw it." That's me. I said, "Probably." <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was with Chad Bozeman, and he talked about all these oh. things about yeah about what James Brown played. And if you were late, James Brown charged you what, a yard? Is that what it was? If you were late for any session or if you if you you were all key? I can't remember what the what the fine was, but he, you know, he he would come up, he would find, he didn't have like a, a set set rule, you know what I mean? It's just whatever he just happened to think of coming to his head, like, okay, you $25, $25, $50, $100, whatever. It wasn't like a certain, a, a set thing, but you gotta, but it taught you to try not to, you know, try not to go, uh, uh, to go against the, the rules, whatever, whatever they were, you know, like being late and too loud and whatever. Tell me how you uh, met James. Tell me how you met James, because the story was, that he came through Kinston on the Chitlin circuit and met your brother Melvin, and then you, he said you had to go with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I would say that's really close to how. But I don't, you know, I don't think about these things all the time. So it's just hard. 
It's the excitement, excitement, but yeah, I would kind of go along with that one. <laughs> Do you remember your first time that you, uh, um, you know, just jumping a little, jumping around, but your first time you met Prince? How was he? Well, Prince was into the Jane Brown stuff. So he, you know, like people, right before to introduce the sax solos, Jane would always say, Maisie Maisie So if you're singing uh, James Brown's songs, then you're also singing somewhere, Maisie Maisie So you got to get a Maisie in your group. Yeah. You know what I mean? It became part of the thing, the, the, the way they introduced me. Um, uh, so, and I, and I think with any, any, anyone starting with Prince, other than James, uh, if it, 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 it sort of became, if it's good enough for Prince, if it's good enough for James Brown, then it's got to be good enough for me. I'll do the same thing. Basically, <laughs> come on, brother, blow your horn, do you, you know, do your thing. I mean, I as a as a Kinstonian, right? I, I was I was proud to hear that, and, and surprised actually. I didn't know you were from Kinston. Until I, my mom told me, my mom went to Akin High School. I think that's where you went to school, right? You went to Akin High School, segregated during that time. And my mom went to school there. And to know that you were from Kinston was just shocking to me. You know, somebody had made it out of Kinston, gave yeah. me the ambition to get out of Kinston myself. <laughs> yeah, man. Um but the funny thing is, I come right back here. <laughs> home, home is where the heart is, though. Home is where the heart is. Yep. Your, your, your family seems like they're so in tune to you, man. You, your son beside you, your daughter. Like you just have a great family and a great support system right now yeah. as you get a little bit older. Yeah, or I yeah. Say a little bit. Or I should say a little bit younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I smile. I have something to smile about every day, man. Believe it or not, you know, it's sometimes the, the, the way it's almost like dominoes. You like you, you line up the dominoes, and one falls, and and even though you are, how can I say, you are, if you if and when you line those dominoes up. And you know, once you hit one, all of them going to fall. But somehow it's still exciting. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. That's kind of my career came to be. Uh, you know, like whatever step I did, whatever decision I made, whatever, uh, I decided to work with or whatever, however it goes. It was all good. It was all a plus. You know, and it was cool. Uh, but then... Then a lot of the artists that came behind uh, uh, after James Brown, you know, with Mace Young, that's the way that, you know, we, okay, we get ready to get this guy. That became the thing, man. There were um, so many hit songs. And then I learned after that that you had your own group. Uh, that was out there, and you had some songs that were at, and actually, now, get me if I'm wrong now, was there, a, some, somebody said you did some, I had a jazz album out one time, or not? 
that's what I think attracted the you know the people like Prince and all of that uh, because I think if, if he only heard or only knew my uh, straight ahead what you know sometimes you call jazz and all that. who, who, who right? came up with that though who came up with Macy Yo who, who who did James Brown start that or or how, how did that how did that first arrive James and I always hear right in the middle of it Macy O who made that up who who did it come from. James, James just came up with that because O around, uh, around with blow. Mm-hmm. Macy O <laughs> want you to blow. Uh-huh. What is it? In the ghetto, brother, where you were born, that maybe that would teach you how to blow your horn or play your horn or something like that. Well, first of all, you weren't born in the ghetto. That's Kinston. You weren't born in the ghetto in Kinston. Where you, you, what street oh. you born on? Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, there used to be a street called Railroad. Yeah, out near, the ice, out near the Ice House. Yes, is in fact what he been paid. Wow. Uh, Railroad Street was that the was that the street that ran right through the middle? I mean the uh, when the train used to come right through the middle of Kinston? Because I lived on yes. I lived on I lived on Chestnut Street. I grew up on Chestnut Street, right, and right in the middle over there. And and I re- and I was doing, and we were during the time of the uh, the '60s and the '50s when it was total segregation. This episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. No matter your lifestyle or meal preferences, HelloFresh has recipes sure to please everyone at your table. From fit and wholesome to veggie or family-friendly, you'll always find something even the pickiest eaters will enjoy. What I also love about HelloFresh is the types of ingredients that you get shipped to your doorstep you would never implement into your daily meals. Trust me, they're delicious, they're affordable, and it's so easy to make. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Cornbread65 and use the code Cornbread65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Cornbread65. Get yourself 65% off plus free shipping when you cook with HelloFresh. That's HelloFresh.com slash Cornbread65. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Let me ask you this. Were you, were you, Say in, it again. Were you in the Akin High School band? Yeah, oh, yeah. If, if, if you, if you uh, played any kind of instrument, you, that's, that's where you want to, I mean, you would hopefully you could end up in, in a marching band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there was a there was a pride in that. There was a guy named Banks who happened to play saxophone. Okay. And I used to just hang, you know, just hang, listening, listening, because he was I can't remember where he's from, but uh, but he was great. One thing I remember, and and you'll have to tell me this. And I was a little boy, but were you in the? Uh, the Kinston Christmas Parade, because the marching band always brought Santa Claus in, and Akin Band was like always the last one. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's just, just you know, became part of how it's, how it's done. You know, and maybe that's somebody could say, well, we had, hopefully we saved the best, best for last. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that's how, how it was done. Um, it, it, and it was a great pride because growing, growing up in, in a family where, you know, you have like the little gig bands and whatever, we, we just try to imitate, you know, my, our, our uncle. In, in fact, they were called the Blue Notes and we were called the Junior Blue Notes. Wow. Wow. And whatever they played, we played. And uh, that's how it all started. I'm gonna ask your son this. I'm gonna stop you for a minute. You tell me what yeah. dad what dad meant to you as a as a national celebrity. I mean, this is this is crazy stuff, man. You 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 know, um, I've received that question uh, several times, and for the first few years that I that people would ask me that, I would have to really think because to us. He was dad. Daddy. You know, yeah. he was the person that made sure we did our homework. He was the person that made sure we stayed out of trouble. He was the person that made sure that we listened to mom. You got to do right because that's dad. Okay. But but I I I tell you when I when I really first started to understand that um he was an international figure. I was uh, I had a part-time job one time and um I was at a grocery store mm -hmm. and I was stocking shelves, aisle talking. And so they said, hey, you, you know the new guy that was just hired? And the other guy said, yes. And he said, well, that's Maceo Parker's son. And the other guy said, no, it ain't no way, man. That ain't Maceo Parker's son. He said, how can Maceo Parker have a son when he's on the road all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, man, that guy's not even gonna know who he's talking about. But he he certainly knew. He said, Oh yeah, yeah, I know Maceo Park, but I don't believe that's his son. Then he said, Well, come on, we can ask him. And they came over and asked me, and sure enough, you know. And so that's when I really began to realize that why. <laughs> now, now let me let me ask you this in front of your dad, Kevin. Did did dad have a okay. have that? Did Dad have that Kinston hand where something got wrong, or we, he used the switch, or or is the belt? Which one was? Well, to be honest with you, my mother was the disciplinarian. She, um, she, my mother. I lost my mother back in twenty nineteen. But um, growing up, now, now, Dad, only thing he had to do was tell us one time. We we knew straight up. But because um, you see, I have two brothers. And once we started to get a little tall and, you know, start to get a little big, you know, you know, you know how they say you, you start smelling yourself a little bit. Right. Yeah, but now yeah. my mother was my mother was a small little lady. So she would tell us, I don't care how big you get. I don't care how tall you get. You're going to do what I say. Otherwise, I'm going to knock you out. Well, let me ask so, you, do, do you think there's a, do you think you have a mark on your, your body someplace from your mom <laughs> from back in the day? You got me something on your arm or your leg or something. Or you dunking I'm from, I, I, had one, I had one across my forehead while I was ducking from my mom. 
and she tried to hit me and I hit my head on the corner of the stove. <laughs> so I, I do have a mark. So I just wondered, do you have a mark someplace? No, I, I don't I don't think so. I don't <laughs> you know, I probably had it so long I probably just forgot how I got it, you know. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. But, but one thing, one thing I, I another thing I will tell you about my father. Um growing up, he never pushed any of us into music. You know, if that was something that we wanted to do, then fine, he was there to support us. But um he really uh, preached education. There are six of us. I have five siblings. And all of us have college degrees. Wow. Every one of us. Um, so he, he pushed education. And, you know, we, we tried, you know, we played a little bit, you know, on the side a little bit, you know, here and there. But um, because his focus was on education, that's kind of what we what we did. Let, let me ask you this and just talk to you. Do you think it's intimidating having a father like that when you talk about music? And it's like I have a son and they always said, Dad, I never wanted to play basketball because I know I would never. I'm like, well, I want. And, and I was like your dad. I never pushed him towards it. I would help my boys. But it was just so intimidating having a legend as a dad. Well, you know what? I played saxophone coming up and I would always tell people, my father's the reason why I played saxophone, and he's also the reason why I quit. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is that? Why did you win that? Let, let me get this story. Why did you quit? Well, well, I'll I start with the reason why I played. You know, I, you know, like like most little boys, they wanted to be like their dad. Yeah. And so I saw my father. He played saxophone. Loved the way it sounded. So, so I, you know, I naturally began to play saxophone. Um, so growing up, he would come into, we, we had a, um, a music room in the house that uh, we were living in at the time. And, um, he would come down into the music room and play saxophone with me. Wow. And I would listen, I would look and listen to him like, man, I've never been able to make this. I played through middle school, through high school, a couple of years of college. And, um, when I went to that, I received more than anything else was, can you play like your dad? And I started to say, you know, I, what I really wanted to say to them was, man, what you think? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I felt like I could never measure up to that level. So I said, you know what? Maybe I better make, you know, make my own way here in this world. To me, it's just so fascinating, the, the, the facets that we go through. Listen, and even now, listen to your dad to see how sharp he is when it comes to music. And as you get older, like my mom, you start to forget certain things, but he still seems like he's tied yeah. to that music. Does he ever grab, when he gets back, I just want to ask, does he ever grab that saxophone and play anymore? Not, not much anymore, no. Um, but I, I will tell you this, all the way up until... When COVID hit, um, well, I, I guess I'll say when COVID hit uh, yeah. over here, um, I guess that would be March of 2020. Um, in fact, when COVID hit, he was on tour overseas. Wow! And um, they had to cut the yeah they had to cut the, the tour short. They came back home, and since then, man, he's he's been he's been retired. <laughs> he's been okay. he's just been um, relaxing at home ever since. 
Wow. Yeah. And and in and just a few months prior to that, November of 2019, my mother, his wife, died. So within a matter of a few months, you know, wife gone, COVID hit, so music was gone. So, you know, that was two big blows. So ever since then, man, he's just kind of been retired and and just kind of like he said, you know, he just sits downstairs in front of his um big screen TV and watches Westerns and and just relaxes. <laughs> well, I see he's he's a little busy now, but you know, dude, I just wanted to thank you, man, and thank dad for you know being on with me. You know, I wish him all the best in the world. And when I get back to um this is one day, oh, oh, oh hold on now. This is when he when I get back to Kinston, uh I wanna take him out to lunch and see oh. what I see what I can learn from him. I know he you still eating that barbecue down there? Uh, I think every now and then he eats a little barbecue. <laughs> um, I, did you want me to show him this picture? Yeah, yeah he, he just want, I don't know how well you can see this, but this is a bunch of my family members. Um, he, he's just very proud. In fact, my sister, the one that you met, is this one right here. I know it's, yeah. it's kind of small on my phone, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's very proud of, um, you know, all of his children, grandchildren. Um, you know, we, like I said, we have a large family. We, we, and we're kind of close. So, um, yeah, he's, he's very proud of that. So if you, if anybody comes to the house or on the phone or on Zoom or anything like this, you know, he, you know, he wants to show pictures of, of the family. <laughs> well, well, you tell, tell him, I, Mr. Parker, Maceo Parker of, of, of James Brown fame of uh prince's fame you know man it is it's it was such a pleasure having you guys on with me and uh hey i wish him nothing but the luck with uh, luck in this world now when he sits back down i want to say goodbye and uh <laughs> you know make sure you understand uh maceo when i get back to town uh get to kinston my mom still lives there too and so uh so i'm gonna come over your house and I'm going to take you out to, to lunch. And I want to learn that much more from you. Matter of fact, I'm going to bring a little camera crew so we can sit down and, and talk even more, man. I just, I love this. I love the interaction with this, this great Kinstonian that, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't even know. Yeah, that, that'd be cool, man. But you know what? You talking about a great Kinstonian. We are talking to a great Kinstonian, man. We, yeah. we, 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 we want to know more about you, brother. Yeah, man. And, and, and let me let me say this. I I know this. I know you know this whole thing was was about him. But but let me say this. Um, you know we've had um, Jerry Stackhouse, uh, Reginald Bullock, um, Brandon Ingram, and there's probably a few more. But and, and Charles Shackelford, you know. But if we go all the way back in the day, man, you were the one that really really started that whole. Kinston to the NBA thing, man. Well, watch, uh, watch, watch how I'm going to do this. Macy, yo, come on, blow <laughs> for me. <laughs> I, I, that, was, that was me coming to Kinston. It was my way of, that's what we did. We played ball all the time. My proudest moments ever when I went to an all-black school, Akin High School, and I, my first year there in 1970, probably 1970, was that was the last year it was it was there and then it got integrated but the pride of a homecoming game 
oh my God, you know, just every, you know, everybody stopping, the girls getting their hair done, having the band, having the game, having the dances at Holloway. Kinston was an unbelievable place for me. It was a place that I enjoyed. I grew up and I, I still constantly call it home. And, you know, I was born yeah. there, born and raised in yeah. Kinston. I was born at Parrot yeah. Hospital, the only black hospital that was there that they tore down many, many, many moons ago. So uh, I, I, I love. I know where it is. I know where the unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, now let me ask you something, man. You don't you have a brother named Ronnie Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now where I'm is he? Ronnie. Ronnie's here in Boston right now. He's been living here in Boston. Oh. Yeah, he's been living here in Boston for the last. Gosh, I want to say 25, 30 years. Okay. And uh, he's kind of made made a home. I'm here in Boston, but my, my roots right now are in Kinston and in Charlotte. Charlotte, I, I really consider that home. I want to end this by asking you one other question, though, about somebody famous, too, about Ray Charles. Because that was during your heyday. Ray Charles and James Brown, them dudes put out a record every week. You do. It wasn't like a month. You put out a record every week, and I was and I was at the uh, the shop buying it every week. So how was it also with a guy like that? You know, to see Ray Charles, another living legend. Well, the one thing that happened to me, I, I don't think you know this, is that once he passed passed away, one of the guys named Steve, Steve Sigmund played trombone in that Ray Charles band. Uh, got in touch with me somehow. Uh, and out of that reunion, I headed the remaining uh, uh, Ray Charles group, wow. including the Ray Letts. And I mean, that's, that's, that's hard to believe, but it's true. Wow. You know, and I don't know, maybe singing or something that you give your hand to me and then say hello. I can hardly think I hardly beat it so that and playing the saxophone. Come on. Now. Go Come on. Now. Go ahead, Fabio. Go wait, wait, let me say, wait, let me ask you, when you going back out on the road, man? When you going back out <laughs> on the road? <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoyed working with that Ray Charles. Steve Sigmund did out, out of uh, somewhere in Florida, played uh, trombone, I think. Uh, heard about me and came, you know, came to see me and said, hey man, blah, blah, and we sat. And before you knew it, I was in front of that Ray Charles, you remember Ray Charles band, you know, doing Ray Charles. Wow. Wow. Well, guys, guys, I, I know, you know, I don't want to hold any more of your time. I do appreciate you. Thank you guys very much for being on my podcast. I'm going I'm to put this out there in Black History, man, because so many young cats, man, would want to know, you know, about the, the great Maceo Parker and, you know, some of the stories. And I love that last song, though, that 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 really got me. I, I'm trying to figure out how we can record that, you know. That uh, Ray Charles song you just sang and put it out something like, get some money. <laughs> <you know? laughs>
So, guys, thank you very much. And uh, I'm going to end it now, and we'll see you later. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Maxwell. We appreciate it. All right. God bless you. Take care. All right. Take care. Yeah, man.